Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. I grew up going to their house at least once a week for over 10 years, probably more than that, because their kids were good friends of mine. And as I sat on the couch with the kitchen just on the other side of the wall, I heard a lot of patient conversations. I heard a lot of gentleness and kindness. And what I saw was a relationship rooted in a love for Jesus that equipped them to so powerfully and intentionally love each other, their family, and honestly, pretty much anyone who walked into their sphere of influence. Before they moved away, I made a point to sit down and tell them the influence they had on my life simply because I was in close proximity to them so regularly. Again, this lesson, you are always being shaped every single day. Make sure you're paying attention. And a big part of how I view marriage came from spending time in the home of Mr. David and Miss Sherry. Listen, is it weird that I'm grown and still referring to them by a title and their first name? Absolutely it is. But I can't shake it, all right? It's a Southern thing, and it honestly, it feels absurd to be on a first-name basis with them. So I just need you to accept it this time, all right? Here's No One Told Me What Over 30 Years of Marriage Actually Teaches You. We're going to just jump in with uh, some of those basics. So um, you all, um, I will refer to Miss Sherry as Miss Sherry the entire episode because that is okay. the only name I know her as. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's the only Miss Sherry, Mr. David. That's the only way. There we go. There's, there I, am, I am 32 years old and I can't stop I, calling you all that. I, so. it really, well, you, can, you can stop it. It really is okay. I can't it, do it. I can't. It's okay. just like all that right. is, you are close to my heart as Miss Sherry and Mr. David. So um, let's go ahead okay. and jump in. You all just go ahead and just tell us a little bit um, about how you met, how, how long you've been married, your family life, all that stuff right now. Okay. okay. All right. We met because our families both came from the same place in South Carolina. And um, Sherry grew up there, and that's where my parents came from. And so when I was in college, well, actually before college, we we met um, because our my family came on a furlough there, you know, staying with family. Mm-hmm. And, so and so they we, came to our church, to my church, and we met and did some things together just as friends, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, several years later, uh, <laughs> were you a little slow on the uptake, Mister David? <laughs> yeah, yeah, things changed. How well, long was, have you been together now? Like, if you count even dating to now, how long have you all been together? We've been married thirty-seven years. Um, yeah, yeah. How about that? I didn't realize that. That is incredible. Does it feel, I know this is such a terrible question, but I guess it's probably by the day. Um, Does it sometimes feel like it's been 37 years and sometimes you're like, gosh, I feel like we just got married a few years ago. I mean, is that, do you (laughs) ever experience that? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. both. Sometimes I feel like, 
I remember what it was like to be newly married, you know, when you were in that little category, you know, and that was sweet. But yeah, sometimes it feels like I don't remember before marriage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, after 37 years, I would say so. I don't remember two years ago. So That's way back there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How did you know, Mr. David, that you wanted to marry Miss Sherry? Um. There, there were a couple of things that happened. I mean, we, we knew each other for all, for several years and, uh, you know, went to Sunday school class sometimes and, um, would talk about things. There was a time actually, whenever, whenever God pointed her out and, and, and said that to me, you know, marry her. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you know, after, Paying, paying closer attention after that. Um, yeah, he uh, wasn't too sure about that, what God said, I think. <laughs> I took him again, slow on the uptake. That's okay. It's not what I was thinking at the time, you know, but mm. uh, but then started watching more closely. And sure enough, you know, there was the, something of interest right there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> How did you all those first few years? I know these are a little off script, but um, I only knew you all probably you were way further into your marriage, but your relationship so, so much shaped how I view marriage and what mm-hmm. I look at as a healthy marriage. But I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever had the opportunity to ask you all about the early years. Mm-hmm. What did those years like what was kind of some of the hardest things to figure out about each other and kind of find find your rhythms with each other? Well, one of the things that happened was that we moved, you know, um, mm, mm-hmm. we, we married in South Carolina. We only lived there for one year before we moved up to Knoxville. Yeah. That was a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it a job opportunity? Was it, what uh, moved it you all? It was grad school, grad oh, okay. school for David to go to the University of Tennessee. Yeah. So you were married and also poor. Is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. we had two good jobs. I was teaching in South Carolina, and David was working. And I, we had found a church. We were settling in. We'd been married a year, maybe not quite a year, when um, David felt that going back to grad school was something God was well, even, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, uh, well. You know, God hasn't told me that. <laughs> what if God tells me I need to teach in South Carolina? Then yeah. why? <laughs> but but we did. We prayed about it, and it it was definitely an adventure. Um, yeah, and it made us, uh, you know, physically removed from family in South Carolina, more dependent on each other. Um, you know, we, here we are, just the two of us. We don't know anybody in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have to find our way. You're each other's only friends. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that. Honestly, I think we depended more on God, too. Um, You know, without family close by and um, making friends and, yeah. Trying to find our way. So I know that over the years, and we touched on this briefly, when I said that you so much shaped so much of my life, I remember I started um, piano lessons with you, Miss Sherry, I think I was in fifth grade. And I was... I was at your house once a week. Um, and then as we got older, you know, your your oldest son, Seth, and I were such good friends that I would just show up at your house all the time. And so yeah. I feel yeah. like a big part of my childhood and a big part of my growing up um, happened alongside the Harkins. And uh, I just know that it's not just me that feels that. There are so many people that you all have poured into over the years because you're so community driven. And um, so I guess from that, we have a lot of listeners who 
they they are not um, dating. They're not even on the road towards marriage yet, but they still feel like they want that. And I, I just wondered how you all, these people that come in and out of your lives, I know that you have advised people in this area before. How do you, what do you say to the people that are still waiting on a spouse, that are just playing that waiting game? How do you advise them in that season? You know, I, I guess everybody says the same some of the same stuff, you know, don't get in a hurry. Uh, and I know if you're waiting long, it doesn't feel like you've gotten in a hurry ever, but, um, but, uh, another, another thing about it is that, uh, well, it's, it, it's kind of like I say to college students now that mm-hmm. I'm teaching, um, don't view this part of your life just as preparation to build on later, there's stuff you can be doing and should be doing that you shouldn't miss right here, mm-hmm. right now, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I, I, we have a daughter, you know, our son is married and has he, he and his wife have three children. And then we have a daughter that's not married. So, um, you know, this is close to our heart too. Yeah. Well, and so truthfully, Miss Sherry, that made me, because uh, sweet, I mean, I've always referred to her as sweet Rachel, because she just is. <laughs> I mean, just the most <laughs> sweet natured. And I just, I love her so much. And I, I know that that's probably um, just from her, her season of life now, but even friends, I know that you have poured into the friends of your kids and stuff like that. So that is kind of what even sprouted these questions for me is I just know you all would have a little bit of wisdom in that area. So how, how have you walked through it with Rachel too? Well, similar to what David said, you know, what, what, what has God put in your life right now as a single, you know, that, um, that you can do special for him. If it's vocation, if it's through the church, um, in the community, that kind of thing. And that for some reason, Waiting is what's happening right now, and um, it's going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I believe. Um, yeah, seriously believe that. Uh, do you think that feeds the whole concept? You hear it a lot about waiting with grace, um, knowing that you're not rushing through a season. Um, how do you practically live your life? Kind of like what you said, Mr. David, when you said, you know, wait, almost wait with purpose. Um, how do you? How do you practically do that? I mean, how have you seen that play out in in the lives of uh, some of the people that you've poured into? I think people end up discovering, it sounds like a cliche, you know, that that God knows what he's doing. He's got a purpose for your life, and it doesn't just happen someday later when somebody else shows up. He's got he's got purposeful things for you to do now. So mm-hmm. so what is it? Um is is it something in that you find in your church or is it something related to people that you work with? Um, are you, are you looking for those things too? Because they're out there. Mm-hmm. And I've found too, over time that when, um, if I get so stuck in whatever season I'm in waiting on whatever, not, it's not, it's different for everybody. Um, but if I spend so much time just focusing on myself and what I'm waiting on, that I lose sight of anything else that God's trying to do in my life in that season. Let's switch back to, um, I don't, I truly, those questions, when I pray over questions and, and the conversations and what they're going to be and the flow they're going to take, I don't know why those questions hung heavily in the air for me, um, but they did in that season. So I'm glad we had an opportunity to talk about that because I never want people who are still on, on the journey toward that to feel forgotten when you say, we're going to do a relationship series. Well, 
that can be very isolating. So I'm thankful for the for the wisdom you all could share in that area. But if we look back to um, your all's early years, uh, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, one of the first things you have to figure out is how to navigate conflict and disagreement um, <laughs> because it's just not going to go away. So Do you what, have the- I, listen. Not often. I am a very calm and um, soothing <laughs> person at all times. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what this conflict is, but uh, every now and again, it'll oh. pop up. But for you all, how did you navigate that? What did compromise truly start to look like for you all? Yeah, yeah. It, it hits early on, doesn't it? I, mean. uh, I love so much how Mr. David was just, I guarantee he was pointing at you, wasn't he? Like, you're going to take this one, Ms. Sherry. <laughs> Well, just just that there are differences. I mean, you know, we we did marriage counseling and heard a lot about marriage, you know, and I felt like we knew each other pretty well. We'd gone through those seasons, you Mm -hmm. know, of time and um, but just learning about each other, you know, Mm -hmm. I I, I think that that's hard and giving grace to each other in, in that and learning about, you know, well, they, he does this this way. And um, I, I don't do it that way. You know, his family mm-hmm. stood and watched the news one time when I was there for Thanksgiving. There weren't enough seats for everybody. But I was like, and nobody talks, you know. And I was like, oh, this is really different from my family. So, yes, I love it. That didn't you scare know, you off, Miss Sherry? <laughs> you stuck around after that? Yeah. Well, we were married by that point. so <laughs> You were locked in. You had to take yeah. it. You yeah. had to. We, we didn't reveal that until later. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's what you, you hide your weird until they they have no choice but to accept yeah. it, right? But uh-huh. you know that that was something that was different for us too, is because David's parents were out of the country, and you know we met. Oh, I mean, I had met them, but just as a friend, you know. But you know, so so they weren't home very often, and we didn't. I mean, that was the first Thanksgiving or whatever I think we had spent together. So our beginning is a little different, you know, because we didn't have David's family around as much, so. Ms. Sherry, you made that point that you have to continually get to know your spouse and and learn your spouse. And Ryan and I just recently talked about that, that it's something, the seasons of life you walk through together change you and you have to continually get to know the other person. So what did that look like for you all? Uh, it took a lot of talking. You know, um, we we did, you know, premarital counseling and there, and that's good. Everybody should, you know, everybody yes, should. Yes, I agree. There are a lot of things that they, that they bring up, raise questions and things like that, that make you think uh, a little differently than you would have, but they don't, they don't know my wife personally, you know, and they don't know me personally. So th- there are, there are things we're just going to have to find out on our own, you know, find mm-hmm. out together. And so there've been some eye opening moments, you know, whenever, whenever, uh, Something that I said or something that Sherry said just kind of dawned on us, you know, that that what I thought was happening wasn't what was happening or what I thought she was thinking was not what she was thinking or something like that, you know. So we, we just have to keep picking those things up whenever they happen. And we found out, too, that timing is important if you have conflict or disagreement. I, I, I shouldn't always say, you know think that this is when I feel it, you know, it's the time for me to talk Mm. to David about it. I have to be careful when and Uh where, you know, that kind of thing. How did you learn that, Miss Sherry? I love that's such a practical um, 
example, but I am curious, how, how long did it take you to figure that out, that there's a rhythm to having these conversations? Actually, I think I learned it from David. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean, I, I you know, yeah. I think we learned we've learned a lot from each other and just how careful he was. And, um, and I think yeah. for us, a lot of it uh, came in in how things change for us whenever we have kids. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. when it's just the two of us, it's it's easier a little bit. Um, we're still, you know, we're still different. We're still finding out about each other. But then whenever kids come. <laughs> Um, there's a whole other layer and it gets more complicated. And so we find, we found ourselves running into things like that more often in that time Mm -hmm. when our kids were small. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had to, we had to adjust. Yes. When you had to find that compromise, when you were having a conflict, when you were trying to work through it, what did and does it look like? I know that a lot of newlyweds, um, one of the hardest things to understand is that your way is not the only way, especially when you're combining traditions and you don't want to stand and watch the news in silence, you know, like <laughs> you might want to talk about it for a second. Um, but how did you all find just these areas of compromise? How'd you settle on them? Wow. Mm. You're welcome. I love it yeah, when, I, yeah, when right. I stump the guests. It's right. one of my favorite things. It's like a game show on here. <laughs> Understanding there's give and take on both sides and me seeing, um, I don't know, if I saw David giving more, I, I don't know. Uh. We, we didn't ever want to become unfair, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's that's a piece of it. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we do care about each other and how hard or easy things are. And, and that's that's something that changes almost day to day. You know, Mm -hmm. who's carrying the heavy load right now? Who needs, who needs some help? We have to, we have to shift back and forth. I love that concept of the, the awareness of who's carrying the heavy load. Like, are you paying close enough attention to see which of you is? Cause it, it usually is one or the other in, in, some seasons. And I love that that thought of just having the awareness. And truthfully, I had to ask that question because a um a listener sent it in and me and Ryan couldn't come up with an answer, so I had to shove it off on another couple. <laughs> so. I don't think we could have agreed anyway. <laughs> um I know that you know how we were just talking about that awareness and and who's carrying a heavy burden, you know, in these busiest mm-hmm. seasons of life, which we all yeah. come up against them and they're uh-huh. all busy for different reasons. How did you learn to serve your spouse well? when your time was so stretched out? How did you make sure that they still felt valued and respected in these seasons of just overwhelm? Well, I think it has to do with that awareness we were talking about and just trying to take care of each other well during that time, um, those busy times. Um, and, And for us, honestly, it hasn't been at the same time. You know, like I haven't been going through uh, that busy season much the time that David has. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like it's shifted back and forth, you know, with us. So we can kind of compensate for each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, what did it look like to compensate for each other in those seasons? Man. Um, <laughs> so some days I've, I've felt kind of overwhelmed with how much work there is to do and things like that. And so I, you know, I come home and I have dinner and then I go in my little room and I spend all <laughs> evening there uh, working on what I'm going to do for the rest of this week and, and so on. And, and whenever I'm that absorbed in things, then 
Um, Sherry does a great job of taking care of me and taking care of, you know, what, what I need, mm-hmm. but then I, I need to, I need to stop sometime and, and come out of that little room, you know, and if we sit down and, uh, talk for a few minutes or watch 30 minutes of, of something on TV, you know, <laughs> or something like that, um, I can't just let all day be about me all the time, you know, mm-hmm. um, she's good at taking care of me whenever things are that heavy, but, but I have to, uh, stick my head up out of the water sometime and take a breath. Mm-hmm. I know for, uh, both of you, you all have just this incredible, um, story of how God has moved you to take big steps of faith throughout your time together. And I know at, at different times in your marriage, I'm sure you both had separate dreams um, that just kind of would align. This was a specific question from a listener that I thought was just so, it was just really good. Um, but they had, ha- they just asked, how do two people pursue their individual dreams? Like you want to be in it together, but you also want, like you feel like you're called to do different things. So what did that look like for you all to pursue what the call on God's life, but still function as a unit through it? Hmm. Okay. He's pointing at me now. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't like these nonverbals over there. Okay. I had to explain to Ryan that people can't see your nonverbals. All right. <laughs> Ryan kept nodding into the microphone and I was like, that's not going to work. Oh, I think for for us, God God gave us new dreams together. I don't know that yeah, might sound. I love it might not that. be that way for for everybody. Um, with with time and prayer and ugh, yeah, trying but, to figure life out together. Um, and the way yeah. He changed our direction, you know, it made us uh, both have to come to that point uh, of seeing that that was the right thing to do, um, which which did kind of shift our. Yeah, our dreams and our plans. I mean, before I ever came to work at the church, you know, I I, I thought I would be a, out there doing science in a lab all the time. Yeah, which doesn't involve a lot of people, you know. Yeah. That's a great point. You very much changed paths. Very like just a hard turn. Yeah, yeah things things yeah, changed a lot. Yeah. Um, but we had to become convinced that that really was what God wanted us to do, and then how we felt about it and all the rest kind of followed after for both of us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, teaching when we ended up being overseas for, you know, about three years, that was, uh, it was a, like a dream we, we did together. Mm -hmm. I I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to live for me the first time to live overseas and, um, boy, you know, that was, it was pretty different, you know, the way, the way other cultures even view marriage, you know, like, uh, you know, I think, uh, saying that our son got married at 25 in other countries is like, oh, he's a baby, you know. So <laughs> that you know, is that's so crazy to think. I have never considered that. That even when you go and live in another culture, um, they have completely different outlooks on what a marriage looks like, and and all. I've never considered that before. But even on this topic of uh, dreams, I think it's also interesting. Even for you, Miss Sherry, um, you know, you said you were teaching in South Carolina, and then. And you started doing piano lessons out of your house and you have always loved and been so passionate. I mean, you taught children's choir when I was in children's choir. I mean, I very much spent a lot of time now that I'm thinking about it. Yes, I spent a lot of time yes. with you, Ms. Sherry. That's right. That's but right. Um, I love that. That was just a way that you pursued something that you loved 
without necessarily going and working nine to five on it. Or right, and I right. think that God sometimes takes our dreams and gives us an avenue to pursue them in in ways that we don't expect and that we wouldn't have imagined before. And it's it's not so much that there's separate dreams um, as they are something that you're just passionate about. And God's like, hey, I know that you love your spouse and you love what I've gifted you to do. And so I'm going to work out a, a new way for you to do that so you can still honor your spouse and do what you love. I just think that when uh, it's always a great surprise when God does stuff yeah. like that, that he's not uh, so much taking anything away as just providing a new way to do it. Yes. That, yeah, yeah. that you wouldn't see before. And it's um, beautiful. It, yeah. and it is. And that's what I think about just the the kids that you got to pour into, Ms. Sherry, do it like just the way that you used music to teach and to um, point people, point the youngest to Jesus. I mean, what a, a legacy to have that I'm sure when you were in college, you did not think that was going to be your job. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah. And, and to see now, I mean, looking back how God changed it, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, that's good. So we talked a little bit about, um, you all had to learn how to, uh, communicate differently when you had kids, but I'm sure that's not the <laughs> only thing that changed once you brought Seth and Rachel into the world. So how did that change your marriage? How did it change with each stage that your kids went through? I mean, at this point, you all are, uh, how does it feel to be called empty nesters? Because that is... <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Alex. Yes. So Thanks. I believe that. Listen, I believe it. Um, but, you know, you all have seen every stage and, ha- and your marriage has gone through every stage with your kids. So I would love to hear how it initially changed your marriage and then how you saw it change throughout the years. You know, at the very beginning, um, it was it was something that, it's, it's almost like a, a tool God used to address my selfishness, my self-centeredness, you know, how much how much of life was about me, mm. for me, by me, uh, <laughs> all of that, you know? So mm. suddenly there's somebody else here, um, and, and I was a little bit surprised how readily I found myself refocusing on these little people. Mm. You know what I mean? That that God does something to change your self-centeredness by bringing these other people into your house. Mm, yeah. That is. They, they steal your time, and all of a sudden, yeah. you don't have yeah. any time. to. Right. It's, you yeah. know, it's not that you don't want to focus on yeah. yourself anymore. It's you don't have time to anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah right. that's it. That's yeah, it. that's right. Help your focus. Fix yeah. that, huh? Yeah. I know. That didn't take long at all, did it? The first midnight cry and you're done. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, such a sweet thing. Um, and 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 having to be careful that the children don't become a focus above my husband, above mm-hmm. David. That, that was a challenge for me, you know, just uh, trying to carve out time for him different from time for them. And oftentimes it didn't happen. You yeah. know, it was, it was one of those seasons that you go through um, yeah. and just being patient. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say, and if they get older, you know, you have to, you have to navigate raising kids in the world. There are a lot of, a lot of decisions you have to make, you know, and a lot of immediate calls you have to make. And so um, we, we had to be really careful about being on the same page with all of those things. Um, and Us being on, yeah, yeah like, yeah, like about, a team. To, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. 
How did you make sure that you all were on the same page? I mean, I know that's one of people used to tell me that the newborn stage wasn't the hardest stage that I hadn't even started parenting yet. And I remember thinking, no, this stage is very hard. You know, like I'm not sleeping. This I baby know, always yeah. needs something. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I just remember thinking that's chaos. But now that Henley, I mean, she's about to start school and we are full on into parenting. And I'm like, I get it now because we are having to teach her values. We're having to teach her simple things like kindness and, you know, all these things that I never thought someone has to teach you all of this. Um, it can <laughs> yeah. feel so, it doesn't just come naturally, um, yeah. but it can feel so overwhelming. And then, you know, how did, the thing that Ryan and I run into all the time too is what I think is okay. You know, I call him Captain Safety for a reason. Like, <laughs> Hagen wants to jump on the couch, by golly, yeah. jump on the couch if it keeps you occupied. <laughs> but Ryan's very much, no, I don't want that. But that's just a small example of we were not on the same page. But as you all, made these decisions and you made uh, big decisions. I remember um, you decided to homeschool both of yours through middle school, right? So, um, so that's a huge decision to make that impacts so many things. So how did you all make those decisions together and make sure that you were in full agreement and on the same page? Boy, we, we couldn't, we couldn't always make decisions very fast, you know, sometimes yeah. I had to um, like, like big decisions, like where are they going to go to school this year? It seemed like every year we had to re sort that out again. You know, is it more homeschooling or are they going to a Christian school or a public school or what? And every, every year we had to talk about it and pray, pray about, about it, it and mm -hmm. look at the options and between us, you know, kind of sort out, this is what we're supposed to, I think this is what we're supposed to do. Do you, you know, do you think so? So yeah. those, a lot of those things had to just take some time. Yeah. I love that you said it's it's a slow process. It's not something that you're going to wake up and all of a sudden know what to do. It's a continual praying through it, talking through it, and not just out of frustration, giving up on it and letting whatever happen, which is what my instinct is at sometimes if I don't get an answer fast enough. But when you all, how did you find peace? Like, how did you know, like, this is going to be, this is the right decision, um, especially when it comes to your kids, because you just are so scared you're going to get it wrong. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I mean, even in, in, in homeschooling, you know, I, yeah. We we sort of felt like they would go back to public high school and um, then feeling that burden that, oh, my, what if I don't get them ready for that? You know, what if we don't <laughs> mm, <laughs> we don't yeah. learn the, exactly what they're supposed to learn to be ready for high school? Risky. But, it, yeah, it's a risky thing. But I think because we felt the Lord lead in that, he gave he gave us confidence. He gave me confidence, um, you know talking with other people, um, uh, well, you know, what, what, are, what are you doing for, you know, for science or, mm, I mean, you yeah, know, okay. curriculum-wise, um, yeah, getting ideas from people who'd been there before, too, I think was, was an important part for me, um, mm. talking to people, yeah. And that, that doesn't mean we never second-guessed that decision, you know, oh, or wondered yeah. if it was right or yeah. um, got ready to stop whenever it <laughs> <laughs> was Before, hard, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but but more. I mean, but it, it does it does weigh uh, um, contribute contribute a lot to it to your certainty to have some sense that that was that was what we heard from God. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay, so we're going to keep on going uh, until we pretty sure we hear something different. 
And and then after it's all done, you know, looking back on it, we're 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 not, we're sure we didn't do it all right, but mm, we're yeah. we're sure God yeah. worked it out well. We're mm-hmm. we're glad about how things all turned out. Yeah, uh, I can tell you how long homeschool would last in my house, and it would last uh, <laughs> about half a day. We'd get to math, and I would just say, "You know what? We're done. You don't need math. We're just—it's not important to your life right now. We're just going to move on." But one thing that I admired so much about you all is that you always—you were so patient with each other, and there was never—you were so gentle with your words. And obviously, when you have guests in the house, you're going to be way gentle, more gentle. <laughs> yeah. But um, there was. Even, and it even showed in Seth and Rachel how they approached mm-hmm. life with such a gentle kind of outlook mm-hmm. and with so much kindness mm-hmm. and patience for others. Um, how did you make sure, and this is, again, a little off script, but one of the things that I love so much about the whole Harkins family is you all just love people really, really well. How did you make sure that your kids were growing up to do that well? I mean, what were some of the things like, I know... Uh, you modeled it in a lot of ways, but when you went to teach um, the values and what what is most important to you all as a family, what did that look like? Just to make sure, hey, I'm instilling in you the best of me right now. I don't know if you even had a process to that or anything you kept in mind to make sure that you were making that a focus. There are some things that um, that we really can't take any credit for. You know, <laughs> I mean, there are some. <laughs> <laughs> that are um, personality, you know, personality that our kids were born with. They're they're not the same as each other, but the personality that they have is is compassionate from in both of them. Um, and I, you know, that's that to to some degree we have that kind of personality too. But I'm not sure that uh, that anybody gets credit for that. Yeah. If we're if we're just kind of born that way. Yeah. Sure. I think uh, you know. I, Wanting them to love the Bible and God's word to us was important, you know. Um, and then, and that way, God sort of takes care of th- some things, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I had a list. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. Yeah. We made some opportunities for them to, you know, do some special things for some people sometimes um, and, and, and try to teach them about things like saving money and all, all that kind of stuff, you know, along the way. But, but a lot of it happened just because they saw us doing something and uh, kind of joined in that. Um, but they saw us read our Bible. And, you know, I, I don't think that we give enough credit to what you're saying, Mr. David, in the sense that our kids are watching us and um, they're catching on to everything we do or say. I mean, there are times I will say something I don't think Henley's paying attention and I'm talking to Ryan. All of a sudden yeah. she will say it back to me. And I'm like, I have I have too quick a mouth for this yeah, to have a parent yeah, around yeah. here. Um, yeah, but I yeah. just think that sometimes we uh, undervalue the amount that our kids are paying attention um, to what we, are, we do and say and how they model that behavior later on. Um, there's so much value in that. But even through the seasons of raising your kids and even into the seasons that you're in now, I know that um, your your marriage had to grow and change throughout all of those seasons. So what did it look like kind of to, to um, stretch and reframe and rework 
your relationship around these different seasons of moving? And I mean, you all made a huge move, um, like you said, for three years and lived overseas away. Like, I know that that had to be one of the hardest decisions to make together um, to do that. But how did it, what did that look like? And how did you continue to um, grow throughout those seasons? Some things like go and do a marriage retreat, you know, um, the church offers those things periodically for really a good reason, you know, participate in those things and let other people speak into you. And then mm-hmm. f- for us, things that we did that were just us, including that move over to overseas, you know, it was again, kind of like moving to Knoxville to start with. We, we mm-hmm. just had us and the Lord to get through this. Yeah. With. And, yeah. and that yeah. made us closer together and made us stronger and more independent. I think those things all turned out good for us and our relationship with each other. Yeah. Hard hard at times, especially being away from family, having a grandson, then a granddaughter born while we were overseas. Um, But just, you know, thank goodness for FaceTime and, you Mm -hmm. know, texting Mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing that really helped with that. But yeah, I think, I think I grew a lot um, overseas and just, Ah, yeah. (laughs) And part of part of part of us uh, growing happened because we didn't just stay where we were, you know. Mm -hmm. That we that we were kind of pushed to grow by by being out there, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. by being stretched Mm -hmm. that way. Mm Did you all do anything um, intentionally throughout all of these all of these years that you've been together? Are there things that you? experienced a ton of growth from, or even just a little bit of growth? Like, did you do any sort of studies together? I mean, did you prioritize time alone together, like going out on dates or going away for a weekend? Or were there some things that you learned within the rhythms of these years together that you were like, this helped us keep a, a strong foundation so we could, could lead our family in a healthy way? Yeah, I, um, there were a couple of times we um, took, I, I think they were family life, Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. marriage weekends. There's a special name. I can't, it's leaving me right now. But, <laughs> That's um, <laughs> enough to Google. That's all we need. Okay. You can Google that. <laughs> yeah. uh, a weekend to remember or something like that. But um, I do remember, I mean, they give you homework and it was hard at times, you know, but just making you talk about things and uh, prioritize things in your marriage. And um, those were good. Uh, We did a couple of those. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe just trips that we took. I mean, um, uh, I I remember, and this was after the kids were, you know, already grown and, and had moved out, but going to Israel together on our one of our anniversaries, 30th anniversary. 30th anniversary yeah. yeah. And oh my, that was, that was a really special time. Mm-hmm. It really was um, to do that together. Um, yeah. Just us two. Yeah. When you strip it down to the bare bones of it all, what did no one tell you about marriage? I think at the time it would take to get to really know um, David you know, your spouse mm-hmm. to, to like, we, like what we talked about earlier, you know, um, you get prepared. I mean, you feel like you're prepared for a marriage, but then just, um, you know, just the quirky little things that come up that, you know, you, I, my, I wasn't prepared for, you well, know, what's one of the quirkiest things that came up, Sherry? <laughs> now I need to know. Now I need to oh, know. My 
Oh my. <laughs> um, I've put you on the spot now. I bet Mr. Spot. David's on the edge of his seat too. <laughs> he wants to know what it was too. <laughs> but you know, I know I'm Ryan thinking, and I I'm were laughing. It must have been, must have just been standing up and watching TV. I think yeah, that I very much stuck up. Should be anything more quirky than that, right? Well, really. I mean, really, for David, watching TV. I mean, that you when you the TV's on, you watch it. You know, you don't <laughs> like. <laughs> you don't yeah. like talk there's there's no conversation later, about. Later, we're not yelling yeah. answers at Jeopardy right now. We're watching it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so that later we can quote commercials to each other. Oh, no, that's oh what we, my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I, I'll wait till the commercial and I'll talk to him. And then, no, he's watching the commercial. Oh, no. I have to, I have to watch these too. What if there's something we need? I, I understand, <laughs> Mr. David. I get it. Yeah. Right. What about for you? What do you? What's one thing no one told you about marriage? For me, it kind of goes back to that thing about um, people can help prepare you up to a degree. You know about what marriage is like as a general thing, but your marriage is going to be unlike everybody uh, else's, you know, yeah. it's just, it's going to be a unique thing and it's up to you. How are you going to craft that or how are you going to crash and burn? <laughs> or what, I mean, what, what, what you're going to do really is, uh, really is up to you. I think that's, that's a good thing or a dangerous thing mm -hmm. or both. Um, but your, your marriage is a unique thing. Mm -hmm. After 37 years together, what, is one of your favorite memories being in Israel together. That was, that was pretty good that stuff. Was but good. Um, th oh, those, those years that we were overseas um, and we were like, we, we lived in a little apartment and we uh, lived in, on campus. And so we were really kind of together all day, every day, <laughs> you know, 24 seven. Yeah. And, and for some people that was stress, you know, yeah. And for us, it was it was pretty sweet. Mm. I mean, there were stressful things about everything else going on, but but how much time we had together turned out to be really nice. You know, yeah. mm. I like that. Mm. I love that so much. And you know, where you were, obviously, it was a, a foreign language, so it's not like you could just drop in. Kind of like when you moved to Knoxville, you could pretty readily make friends because <laughs> yeah. you could communicate right. efficiently right. With, meet people. Yeah, yeah. with anybody. But I thought about that often while you all were overseas, just how you're so community, you're so created for community um, and how it, it could have felt like that was hard to come by and how you almost had to find it in each other for so long. Yeah, we did. And, and it's, it's interesting how internationals sort of do find each other. And because we speak English, we're sort of thrown together, not that we had a choice in it, you know, I mean, you just sort of are thrown together because you speak English. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was community, but it, it, it what do I say? It wasn't it, much of our choice and yeah. to, mm -hmm. to what it would be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, having yeah. community with people who talk during TV, you couldn't have that. But yeah. if they're the only <laughs> ones who can talk to you yeah. in yeah. English, yeah. then guess what? You're stuck. <laughs> what about for you, Miss Sherry? What's one of your sweetest memories over the past uh, 37 years? Well, I, I think when our kids were born, um, just that yeah. sweet time of, uh, you know, taking care of them together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, mm -hmm. just... Uh, that responsibility that weighed heavy, but, you know, ha sharing that together and, and realizing, I mean, you know, this, 
this is a special thing. Um, yeah. yeah, a God, a, a God thing. Um, this is a person that we yeah, have to, yeah. yeah. It's both terrifying and somehow yeah, satisfying yeah. at the same yeah. time. And yeah. it's so funny you say that, Miss Sherry. I still tell people um, that the whole process of having a baby and those first few months are like, you think you know your spouse. Like you do. You think we are good. But it's like a whole other level when yeah. you go into parenting together, um, when you go into to being responsible for a human being together. It's just, it's a whole other level of just like intimacy and personal and just like, and we're all up in each other's business all the time. <laughs> keeping a human alive is no joke, but uh, I I think that's such a good uh, example, Miss Sherry. I would relate to that on a lot of levels. But we end every episode with one question, and I'm so excited to hear what your all's answer is to this one. <laughs> um, what is one thing that you are so happy someone did tell you about? Just what do you love so much right now? Not not especially about marriage. <laughs> no, it doesn't even have to be about marriage. <laughs> okay. But you can't say, Mr. David, listen to me. You can't say some like math or science book that none of us know what it is. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I tell you, one of the things that I, uh, that I was glad to hear about recently is about uh, entering a text message on an iPhone. <laughs> when you're trying to find where the cursor is, you just hold down the space bar and just slide it back and forth and you put it wherever you want it to be. For I me, can tell you, I didn't know that. Oh, oh that's so helpful. Because yeah. I keep poking, I keep poking the screen with my finger trying to get this cursor and in the right And it's so frustrating. Spot. I'm trying, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to yeah, correct. Yeah. The phone already messed up the word I was trying to type. I so know, why is it on me to figure out where the cursor is? It should just fix there it for me. <laughs> That's a great one, Mr. I'm impressed. You've impressed me. That's a high bar, Miss Sherry. It's a high bar. I know it is. And I um I tell you, I was making chili tonight for dinner and um I pulled out a meat chopper hand tool that I learned about a few years ago. Um that you can like you just you, it, it's this little tool and you just, are, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I just love Mr. David laughing in the background. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing it with my hand. You know? Again, um, that's yeah. enough to Google. It is a yeah, meat chopper yeah, hand tool. Yeah. I mean, that's meat enough to find it. Tool. But yeah. you know, when I, you drop that meat in the skillet and you're, it is like you need a hammer and a chisel to break it up, know, to cook it. For So I, I'm in your boat, Miss Sherry. I got okay. you. Okay. I, I think I found out about about that pampered chef or something like that, you know, but you know, some kind of other- the, things like that, like pampered chef, you just, they have things you don't even know you need, but then all of a sudden you see, like I, someone gave me for, uh, our wedding, uh, at a shower. And I think the shower was at your house. Weirdly enough that I got How this gift that? now that I think about it, <laughs> but it was a, um, you store your onions in it. So that oh, way, yeah. like if you have an yeah. onion that you've just used half of it, you put it in there uh-huh. yeah. so it doesn't stink up your whole fridge yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And Picture it's it in my mind right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Listen. Yeah. But it is it's amazing. But it was a pampered chef thing. And I was like, I didn't know I would need this until I I saw it and I knew it. Yeah. That I needed this in my life. Yeah. Like I needed to protect my onions at all costs. But yeah. Yeah. um well, Harkins, again, I said it when we first got on the phone and I absolutely mean it. You all are 
are some of my favorite people in the whole wide world. And I genuinely get so excited when I get to talk to you or see you. Um, I was even thinking about it in this conversation. You know, you think so much that you need like specific mentors and you need people that you sit down with every month and they are just pouring le- uh, just mounds and mounds of knowledge into you. And I think if you if you look up and look around you, you'll see that a lot of the, the wisdom that you want and the wisdom that you need happens by just putting yourself in proximity to people who are wise and who you admire. And I am just so thankful when I look over my life that God was so instrumental in putting me near you all um, as I went through all these different stages and seasons that I got to be around you and watch you all um, and it helped shape so much of who I am so I am just immensely grateful for who you all are and, and what you do every single day and I like your kids too I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C.E. Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.